We are on Collins Conversations. I always let the guests introduce themselves, so let everybody know. You guys can take it one at a time or however, tandem, however you want to do it, but just let everybody know who you are, a little bit about uh, what, what got us here today. Um, I'm Megan Ramey. I'm the Director of Marketing um, at Play CLE and Play CBUS. Um, so I get to do all, all the web design, development, um, graphic design, social media, and uh, all the media fun stuff. But who are you? <laughs> Isn't that the question we always ask? Right, right. Who are you beyond that? <laughs> that is the question. Hmm. Um, what makes Megan tech? I don't know. You can think about it. We'll come back. Yeah. Go ahead and introduce yourself. All right. Uh, I, Greg Carlin. I, uh, I happen to own Play CLE, a couple of other businesses, and I'm, I'm a guy on a mission, and I don't know where the end of it is. That's the beautiful thing about the life I'm living right now is that uh, it's a... Uh, I'm on, a, I'm on a cool journey. I feel like I'm in a Bachelor episode that just is on repeat <laughs> because I'm going after something. Um, and I have found a calling that I love starting businesses up and I love being part of that process. I think what you just said kind of this, this, it should be the definition of entrepreneur. You're on a journey that you know it's going to continually go, but you don't ever day to day know which way it's going or where it's going to end. You, you, you know it's going to go some days a step or two forward. It's going to go sideways. It's going to go backwards. Right. And as much as you hate all of it, like you want more of it. It really is the, the, the glutton of punishment that you really just get addicted to. It's cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I've been an entrepreneur just about my whole adult life. I've been the last couple of years trying to get out of the landscaping business just because scaling that business is next to impossible. The, the, I'm sure you guys have great staff here, so I'll have to take a couple tips before we get out of here on how to get better staff. But in, in, my, in that line of work, anybody that's decent is just like me. They're going to work for a little bit. They're going to learn some things. They're going to get a truck. They're going to go do their own thing. Or they're going to be the person that you're babysitting and just going through it like that. You know, I, I heard a company talk a couple years ago, and it's a company out of um, Columbus called Hot Chicken Takeover. And it was one of the first times I heard somebody describe to me what voluntary turnover was. And I think I've heard the concept, but it didn't, but they described it as like, they celebrated and appreciated the fact that they had somebody here, they built up skills, and then they went off and did their next thing. Right. And I, I really kind of appreciate that because I don't think that gets talked about. It's really hard with staff. Right. And you're right. Like you, you, you spend a lot of the time, right, investing in somebody and teaching them the, the the skills of a trade, and then yeah, they could go buy a truck and just go do it themselves. Right. And yeah, that's hard. And at the same time, like it's a win for you though too. For sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd much rather I, I could tell you a ten success stories of people that went off and did their own thing, but it's those fifty that you're like. Man, I was your babysitter for how many weeks? And I paid you, and I gave you skills that you never really even realized were skills. That's to me like that hard part of where I try to get out of doing that. And then being that I was able to keep myself self-employed for so many years, that's where I kind of pivoted and knew that I could do marketing skills and, and web yeah. design and everything, and then figure out how to sell that instead of selling services. So, so that way I know, you know, the name of that one's Colin Can Help. I know Colin's waking up every day at seven o'clock ready to go. I don't know where employee A, B, and C are going to be at seven thirty. So it kind of Switching to taking the different skill yep. set and going that way, and that's also how we're here with the podcast. Before we get too deep into it, I brought two of these. We always give the guests at least one of these. Awesome. Got to give gifts. We get to open it I up love here? It. Absolutely. Okay, good. Oh, how cool. I love it. So those are custom oh, made bottle openers. That's beautiful branding. 
Yeah. And uh, those were made by Twisted Willow Fabrication out of New York. They were a guest in like season one. Um, Doug Mothersell does great custom fabrication and ended up sending me a whole bunch of those. And I was like, that I don't awesome. really need 50 bottle openers, but I do know exactly how I can get rid of 50 bottle openers. I love it. Thank yeah, those, you. Uh, you can throw a magnet on the back. You can leave them outside. They don't, they don't rust. They don't bust. And it will come in handy for me. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you too. Right. I heard nine o'clock. You got to wait till nine o'clock. Nine o'clock tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> so let's get into this beautiful place. This yeah. is my stepdaughter's absolute favorite place. It's one of my favorite indoor places. Um, I was a fan of Ninja Warrior and, you yeah. know, I've watched that for years and I was like, there's no real place to like train for that. And then one day I saw an advertisement for Play CLE and we came and I was like, this is a big kid's paradise. So how did this come to fruition? Because I'm sure this wasn't an overnight thing. I mean, we're in a huge warehouse and we have the most all custom things. Kind of take us back to, you know, even before day one. How, what made you think I want to invest all this time and money into this idea? The short answer is um, I was ready for a, a career change. Mm -hmm. I've, I've, I was probably more of a entrepreneur earlier in life than, mm -hmm. than, you know, I ever admitted. But I was around entrepreneurs. I was around people who started their companies and I was part of it in a variety of ways and I always just I just I love the energy that came from it and so I always knew it was something that I was gonna go down that path eventually and I was uh, admittedly five years ago give or take now um, I was I was at a point in my career I'd been with a company for almost 13 years and we had seen uh, phenomenal growth of that company. We had, we had grown it, uh, a handful of us that had been there for some time. Um, we, we grew it almost 10 times the size of it was when we first started. And it was a really interesting building block for me. Mm -hmm. um, it, gave me it gave me a ton of tools in terms of how to manage teams, how to work with people, how to understand the intersection of sales and marketing and accounting and operations. And, and, and there's just so much good that came from it. And at the same time, we got so big that I knew I, I was just a cog in the wheel at some point, and I was ready for a change. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I did the proverbial jump out of the airplane without a parachute, no idea what I was going to do next, but I knew I was going to start something. And I put myself and I put our family in a position like, I'm going to do something. I'm going to find out what it is. This had been one of the ideas. I can't say it was one that had been lingering for five years right. and just sitting there and I was you know sitting there refining it um, but it'd been one that was there and and when I woke up the one day and said okay I'm gonna I'm gonna commit my time and sort of resources into something um, this was the thread I kept pulling I kept coming back to more and more and one of the reasons I did it um, it was fascinating at the time my my youngest daughter who uh, 14 now but she was seven you know, maybe she was going, you know, she was close to eight, but she was really seven at the time. She, she was the one who was sort of kicking my ass a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, she'd come home from school and be like, well, what'd you do today about this? Like, tell me what you did. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I'm, <laughs> I didn't know I had a boss already. Yeah, I didn't know I had a boss already here. Um, but I, I just, I kept pulling on this thread and I couldn't, I couldn't, not think about it and and I that's when I knew I sort of had something there is that I woke up every day thinking like what else do I want to learn about this what because I, I was a neophyte I didn't know anything about Ninja Warrior ropes courses I didn't know anything about uh, family entertainment centers or, um, and, and but I wanted to learn about it 
and I kept finding that I was so interested in it. And when I saw that there was a need in the marketplace, it, it just it just felt like the right thing to do. Right. And nothing was worth you know sort of getting in the way of it. Like we were going to knock down every wall to make this happen because I think what it what appealed to me more than anything else is that. Um, in a lot of ways, this had never been done before. Mm-hmm. You know, there are there are like businesses. There were things that we sort of drew some inspiration on. But I was so I was so interested in the idea of like I'm creating, I'm helping to create a category right. of something completely new, and that was cool to me. Yeah, I think you definitely hit hit, hit it on the head. Where Northeast Ohio, I mean, we get what. So- Today we're inside on a beautiful sunny day, but this is like seven out of the whole summer that we're going to get. <laughs> right. And especially like myself, as I see a lot more like malls in decline and a lot of these big, big businesses going out of business, like if there was more people like you that were like, wait a minute, there's nothing to do on a cold, wet, rainy day in Ohio that, you know, that's fun, that's active, that's keeping the whole family entertained, yep. except play Cleveland. Yep. I mean, it's you have a ropes course, you have climbing, you have you know a full bar, you have food. You, you could spend the whole day here if you really wanted to on in any occasion. And and you know, Colin, you're hitting on a couple of things that it was it was true then, and it's probably even more you know m- more of a basis of who we are today. It's like it was about it was about an experience mm-hmm. that we wanted to create for somebody, and it was about making it sure it was okay for all ages. One of the gaps that I, I certainly saw at the time, and it just continued to be true, is like there was so much focus, you know, for, for years on just kids, mm-hmm. a, a dumping ground for kids to go do something. Right. Um, but but I was more interested in like, well, what about what about coworkers? What about friends who are in their twenties and thirties and forties? What about families that are looking for some way to do something all together? And and it was trying to put those things together in a way that didn't pander to one end or the other and really kind of felt like I can create an experience for all ages and all types of people to come in here and just have fun. Mm-hmm. And like the fitness side of it, it was it was like how do I how do you how do you create something that um, by that same token is is available to everybody. No matter your if you could be scared of heights, you could have all the thrill, you know, seeking adventures in your life. But there's still a way that I can meet you here mm-hmm. and find a way for you to enjoy it. Right. And those, all those little intersections, I think that's the, that was like the dream to chase. That was what was really fun about the puzzle we were trying to solve. Yeah, I think the, the closest competitor that comes to mind would be uh, SkyZone. <laughs> um, just because, again, it's the indoor, it's the active thing. But the problem with SkyZone is, I mean, you, you see the kid that we show up with, she's bigger than me. But they won't, at the time, the last time we went to SkyZone, they wouldn't let us jump with her because she was a certain age and they were worried about us hurting her. Where we come to play Cleveland, I've seen a girl about the size up to my knee walk, run up that, that ramp. You know, and they're, they're not in the way. They're, yep. you know, you guys have figured out a way to make enough different things that like you said everybody could still be here but as soon as you walk through that door you can split mom and dad go to the bar kids go over there yep. you know and everybody could do whatever they want the, the sky zones of the world um, you know probably one of the biggest names on the trampoline side but they were sort of the blessing and curse at the time early mm-hmm. on right when we were sort of sort of in that quiet mode just figuring out what what our plan was going to be and what this might look like um, it was a blessing because they they showed us they showed a path of how you could like exponentially grow by by taking something that's fun and different and and then putting in the locations across the country at the time i mean i'm, I'm going back to 
five years ago of, of data mine, but it, it was one of the fastest growing industries at that time because everywhere you were turning, somebody was trying to open up a new trampoline park because mm -hmm. they understood sort of the, the experience active side of things. Mm -hmm. Now, the curse of it is, um, as me, as a, as a parent, I didn't really enjoy the place. Mm -hmm. Now, you didn't like those socks? <laughs> the sticky socks? <laughs> I could go to a hospital and get those, right? <laughs> you could go to the hospital um, and get those. No, it, it, was, it, it was, I could never understand really two things out of it. You know, take, take a kid there, or they'd be going for a birthday party, or you know, meet some friends. Um, one, it was one activity. And, and I just, I saw the shortcomings with the fact that that was all you sort of did. Like, at some point in time, you're going to just jump and you're going to be done with it. Right. And that was one of the big sparks for me of trying to look at ways of how do you combine different activities so that you could have that diversity and that, that choice in the matter. And then the second thing was, as a parent, I didn't even have a place to sit. So it wasn't, right. it, wasn't, it wasn't a welcoming experience for a spectator by any means. Right. I couldn't necessarily walk around because I can't go out on the trampolines. Mm -hmm. um, as a grown adult, it's not probably smart for me to go on some trampolines <laughs> at the time. I'm injury prone as is. Right. And, and, and then on top of it, it just, what am I going to do for the next 30 minutes, an hour, two right. hours if I'm there for a birthday party? And, and so, it, again, it was part of the inspiration of like, oh, there's a different way to do this. Mm -hmm. and. I, I was fortunate at the time, I was part of an ownership group that we owned a brewery downtown. I was all about sort of that social casual experience that a, bre a brewery can provide, particularly when you see groups of runners and cyclists and, and just active people who are outside and then that was the place they chose to sort of hang out afterwards. For sure. And it just sort of helped be the inspiration. You, you mentioned something there. I'm, I always go all over the place. I, I, oh, yeah. I wish I could have like a set list of questions, but that would make <laughs> for a shitty interview. As soon as you okay. said something, I'm like, we're going to go there. <laughs> so the first time that we came here, Lily and I, uh, I, I want to say that we, we, we bought an hour. No, two hours. Mm -hmm. what, what did we do? Two hours? I'm physically fit. I mean, before I came here, I moved eight yards of mulch, and you can't tell. <laughs> I don't know how people could spend more than two hours here. Yeah. I was gassed. Yeah. Like, you know, in my head, I'm like, I hope two hours is enough. I guess we could get more time or whatever. But, like, I was gassed. But how did you guys determine? Because, um, I mean, you could have done unlimited day pass. You have, you have a lot of different options. Maybe Megan might be the one for this question. But uh -huh. how did you guys decide both kind of the price point to, to make it still affordable for families and you guys can make your investment back and all the different options and all the different events that you guys are throwing how, how did all that come together absolutely and you know this is a conversation we have daily, still today daily um you know we just got rid of time too mm -hmm. um recently and that's been amazing because we want this to be a destination we want it to be somewhere that you spend your whole day and enjoy yourself and take your time mm -hmm. and not feel um you know consumed or confined by a time frame um, so that was like, you know, the first thought that we had and then also making it affordable where, you know, if you wanted to go the daily pathway or if you wanted to go the membership route, we have those options as well. Mm -hmm. um, if you're wanting to come multiple times and just for a shorter period of time, the membership's the better way to go. Right. Um, so yeah, definitely something that we, we have conversations about. I think we butt heads about it on the daily. Oh, constantly. <laughs> um, I, I, this is one of those those fascinating things for us in our business where um, I, I, fail, I failed big time. I mean, I fail all the time on things. But um, when, when I was learning about this business and I was trying to figure out what this business was going to become, 
I took the advice of everybody I talked to, mm -hmm. whether they were in this industry, whether they were not, and, and universally people are like, you have to do it by time, you have to do it by time. And, and it, was, it was one of those innocuous decisions that you sort of make because mm -hmm. you've got a thousand other ones that you think are more important and just did it and said, all right, it's gonna be $25 for two hours and we're doing this based on these reasons. And I, I was wrong. I was, I, was, I was succumbing to what other people believed was supposed to be the way you were to run a business like this mm -hmm. because they were looking at the trampoline parks or they were right. looking at um, you know other amusement-like centers and such. But it, it's taken us a couple years to figure out that's not who we want to be. Mm -hmm. We can control the amount of people we bring in. We can make it about the experience you want to have. Whether that's an hour or four hours, mm -hmm. why would I care? Right. I want you to be able to come here and have fun and not be constricted by time. For sure. Yeah. And uh, where are you guys at now? So you, we got away from the hour. How, how does, if somebody wants, is watching this and then they want to come and visit you guys, um, what type of monetary things are they expecting? I know Wednesdays are a, a half off Wednesday, so yeah. because you guys have a great Instagram. If only we knew who ran it. <laughs> Thank you. Know you. What I mean? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, no, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, we've gone back and forth. We've had weekly events mm -hmm. since we've opened and we've changed them quite often. And we're about to announce, you know, new weekly events. So the beginning of that is half price Wednesdays. We want to have an option for those who, um, either want to, you know, have a weeknight, um, date night or perhaps you know in a little outing for your family to have an option that's a bit cheaper and um, you know to have the other fun things um, during the week as well including on Saturdays we're actually gonna have different demonstrations you know at the top of the hour to show you how to do something have different games those kinds of things I like the demonstration uh, I wish I remember the guy's name he's been here for at least two years uh, when we were first up top, you know, she still doesn't like to go do the fun, fun little ropes course as much as I do. But like, I kept getting—I forget which obstacle—but like, I couldn't figure it out. And like, he could see that like the hamster wheel was rolling. Yeah. And he's like, "Hey, go to your right." There's—I forget the exact sweep, yeah. but like, he gave such a simple like, thing, and I was like, "I can now get next to the next part of the course." And you know, like to have the or the other thing, they, you, you guys got people that fly up those walls in like six seconds, which is yeah. cheating, by the way. You are supposed to go by the color and that, that's right. Climbing right. That's rules. right. Right. But people just fly up that wall like they're Spider-Man. Yep. But like, how how else would people train? Is it kind of just do you want people to come just figure it out, or do you like the idea of showing them the way? Yeah. So I mean, you know, that's one of our core values: choose your own adventure. Um, we want it to be you who figures it out and I think that's where the challenge lies where you know I may do it differently than you do it and he may do it differently than she does it and I think that's a really fun thing you know you could challenge each other and have similar ways of doing it but be able to see you know if you get stuck on the ropes course and a staff member comes over and, and goes hey do you want some help mm -hmm. if you lean a little bit this way or if you grab this certain you know pole or whatever it may be um, it'll help you guide you through that and right. And that's why our ropes course is self-guided because we want you to, um, you know, have that mental and physical challenge to think it through. Uh, I've been a soccer coach for a lot of years, and um, I steal everything I can from other parts of my life and put it into work and everything. I'm not unique in that respect, right? But um, I, I always liked the idea of trying to build a workforce as if they were coaches. And okay. it's a hard thing to do, because now I'm, I'm, a, I'm coaching the coach, right. right? But 
Um, a good coach knows when to let their players play the game and to back off, and they also know when they need to step in. And it's it's one of the biggest challenges we have with our staff of how do we constantly help them understand that's the level of guest engagement we're looking for. Mm -hmm. To know when somebody's trying to do something on their own and they're gonna get a greater satisfaction from their achievement of it or even sometimes their failure of it. Um, or when they need to step in and say like, hey, if you try this, if you lean left and put your right foot forward, mm -hmm. you're gonna allow to get through this element a little quicker. Yeah, I think that that's, other than the uniqueness of what you guys have going here, I think that's also one of the things that's definitely brought us back here is the fact that, I mean, in all respect, their job sucks. Like, you're, you're clipping and unclipping people for however long your shift is, or, you know what I mean, like, you're, whatever it is. Like, it's not the most, like, entertaining job, but right. I've never seen any of your employees, like, fuck this job. You know what I mean? Like, everybody's like, oh, are, do you need over here? Let me, you know, they... Yeah. They they're rush hustling. Together. Yeah, yeah, they're running back and forth. Sometimes, you know, I mean, it happens. You're understaffed from time to time. There's one person running between five different things, and you're like, wow, can I go get you a sandwich? Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I mean, look, it, it, it speaks more to them than it does us by any means. But mm -hmm. um, what, what we have found that, you know, some of the, the, the best employees that we've had, they love, they love the guest interaction. Mm -hmm. And... And yeah, there may be routine or monotonous things they have to do with their job. Um, and look, their principles are based upon, you know, we have to keep everybody safe. We have to make sure that, you know, we're sort of covering our areas. Um, and we have to make sure that we're interacting with the guest. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that is a really important people. And the ones who do it best, and it could be just the simple things, mm -hmm. but they thrive on that part of it. And that's and it's really cool to see. Right. Um, it, again, it's part of the experience side of it. Like I'll I'll say it till I'm, you know, hoarse. In right. that, um, I know how I like to be treated as a consumer when I go to places, and all we're trying to do is is extend that same level of interaction and experience to to the guests that come here. Absolutely. You mentioned safety, and you also mentioned how you kind of just put this idea together over time, and. You mentioned beer background. I haven't heard, you know, structural engineer background. Yet. So, I mean, you got a lot of a lot of big metal, a lot of tall tall obstacles. Um, I could only imagine how much time and planning went into figuring out how to keep these things safe. But can you kind of give us um, a little bit of a background on, you know, I mean, people see people hanging from rafters and things like that. Like, how do we know that the ropes are safe, or how did you make sure that this is secured here? Those type of things. Yeah. So, the the, the quick answer for it is um, uh, yeah, I, I have a, a manufacturing background, and okay. so that was extremely helpful to at least understand how things were made, process uh, the, the quality side of the manufacturing event, and, and that, that really helped me in understanding when I was out looking for you know, the companies I was gonna work with, what to ask them, what to actually go put my eyes on, what type of things to get validated by third parties, um, and so I was able to at least kind of lean on some of that experience, not knowing the first thing about right. structural engineering and tension loads of a zip line, and, right. um, and just having that passion to like voraciously learn about it. Um, you know, the, the, the thing that became interesting to me that I learned is that because we were doing something that was just slightly different, there wasn't somebody who had previously been building a ropes course on top of a ninja course mm -hmm. or putting climbing walls in this type of environment necessarily where traditionally it was just you'd have a climbing gym 
and you were, you were doing more freestanding ones. Um, we were sort of setting the path. And so, you know, was there concern at the day? Not on the safety and the integrity of it, but right. like, was there concern that, you know, you didn't have just a playbook, you know, to right. sort of use? Yeah, but at the same time, um, I understood what due diligence looked like to make sure that every step of the way, um, we felt comfortable before we ever opened the doors. Now, the most important piece of it was, we had to then create the playbook, right? right? We didn't have one, but once everything was up, we had to create it. And all I knew at that point was like, repetition was key. And so we, we, we started, I mean, with blank piece of paper and said, what do we need to do daily? What do we do weekly, monthly, quarterly, annually? Where do we fit in? Where do we need to bring others into it? And, and some of that was from, again, learning and talking to other people and taking best practices from other industries. And so we established some, you know, like sort of our own guidelines. And we knew that we were gonna bring a third party in at least once a year, that they were doing inspections on us, you know, for the entire facility. Mm -hmm. And we knew that daily there were these things that we had to check and, and we sort of just crafted it. And like anything, you find out what works and doesn't work and right. you, you sort of tweak accordingly. Um, but, you know, all of that is for nothing, right? If the execution of it doesn't work mm -hmm. and and I mean to date you know we're four years into this and the equipment is held up we've continued to provide a you know a safe environment for people mm -hmm. um, not to say that injuries haven't happened they, right. they do like I'd be you know lying if that's why we signed a beautiful waiver on our way <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right but you know to, to that same extent um, so one of the most popular things that we had put in uh, when we first opened was the warp wall Right, it was a staple of American Ninja Warrior, right. and um, you don't see it around anymore. It's actually yeah. in the back. You it's guys moved it. We came. I picked her up from a Girl Scout thing like two weeks ago, and the first thing yeah. I came in, they were sitting over here. I was like, "The wall's gone," and they're like, "Oh no, it's back in the corner." I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. And, and look, this is this is an area that we had to. We, we've got to we got to admit where we were wrong, and where where I was wrong in this, is that. Um, Look, when, when an injury would occur or in any incident here, we keep track of everything and we try to do the best you know, that we can to manage it. But we were seeing the data speak to us that said that was the most common area where some injuries were occurring. Okay. And, and really the reason why, it wasn't that we weren't monitoring it, we were there, we were coaching people through it, um, but there was only so much you could do. And you could, the data was actually telling you there was a very common element of the, the people that were getting you know, hurt from it. Um, realistically, it, it, it just, it sort of opened our eyes that that's a type of an element that is training specific. Mm. For the average person coming in here, the, the, you know, the weekend warrior type of person, right. we could provide the right coaching, we could provide the right monitoring for them, we could give them assistance. Um, we can't, we can't make sure that they've stretched properly well before it. We right. can't make sure that they've Because it's definitely harder than it looks. Mm -hmm. It is immensely harder. You're, you're seeing some yeah. 10, 11 year old boys just boop, and you're like, oh, I was 10, 11 year old boy. Once I could do it too. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, it's tough. And so we, I mean, we just, it, it was one of those decisions that we made that we're like, we just, we gotta, we're gonna pull it out of rotation and it would be a training specific thing that we do. It, even though, you know, the percentage of, of injuries that occurred there was less than one one hundredth of a percent in terms of total users. Right. I mean, it's so minuscule, but but that's not to diminish any that happened. Absolutely. So, you know, it's a full circle way to say like, you know, look, 
safety, it's pretty paramount for us, and it's something that we have to even learn from the stuff that we didn't know, that right. we're hopefully a little smarter now. Well, yeah, people aren't going to be racing to bring their family here if all they hear is, yes, Joe broke his knee, he broke his ankle, you know. Right. But if they're like, well, I went there, it was fun, I had a pretzel bigger than my face. <laughs> you know, people are like, oh, I gotta go, I like pretzels bigger than my face. It's a pretty good pretzel. It is a pretty good pretzel. Yeah, it is. You, you definitely don't need two of them, but. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that might be a little too much, but. You, you don't, and, but, right? but it's fun. And you know, that's, that's actually a really fun one for us because um, we're, we're supporting another small business out of out of Wisconsin in this particular case. We okay. buy them out of Milwaukee, um, but it, it's a it's another cool piece for us of you know showcasing something that's just a little different. For sure, speaks well to our brand. Something that's ex definitely different here. Um, you said you kind of wrote the playbook, so I'm guessing that these everything here is, you didn't just like pick a catalog like yeah I want that. Um, the hardest thing for me personally to do here, other than that, like break your ass wall, um, <laughs> is the, the Rubik's cube. What made what made you think of n not only that type of a, a climb, but also theming it as a Rubik's cube? Yeah, um, it was it was sort of the idea of um, it was on that notion of how do you how do you have fun with what we're even building, mm -hmm. and I I couldn't tell you why a Rubik's cube made sense, but it was one of those ideas jotted down that that just seem to have legs on it because of the way you spin and you turn it and you mm -hmm. try to sort of solve it like a puzzle and my limited experience of you know climbing it's it's about solving puzzles mm -hmm. right it, it really is it's problem solving at its best and what what I knew we wanted out of that element and you know other ones we were putting was um, how do you create that social experience in the air? Mm -hmm. And that was the cool thing for me of, you know, how do we make it multi-sided so that it's not just a single climber going up at once. Right. It's four people who can be sharing in that moment at the same time on a fun perspective. Mm -hmm. They could be competing against the, you know, each other for it. Right. And it just adds another element to, to, the, to the overall notion of climbing. We weren't trying to replace, in, in those instances, we're not trying to replace a climbing gym. Right. You know, we're trying to complement what they offer out in the public, but do it in a slightly different way that adds just different perspective or element to it. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. I think it also goes back to us repurposing something. You know, we repurposed this building, we repurposed the one in Columbus. This used to be a boat storage facility, and we gave it another life, you know. Um, it was empty for many, many years, and now it is not empty. Right, <laughs> right now, maybe, right, you know, prior to opening, but... Um, you know, even the masks when we first opened up post-pandemic, well, we're still in the pandemic, but, you right. know, being able to reopen, we took t-shirts that were in too small of a size that people weren't buying. We made masks out of them. Nice. Um, you know, and, and the climbing wall is giving a new life to the old Rubik's Cube that you may not, right. you know, you had as a kid, but, you know, you're giving a new life. So I think that plays into what we do. I think the Rubik's cube. I just can't do the Rubik's in my hand, and that thing. I still haven't made it to the top of that one. I think I'm just yeah. I, something about that. I haven't figured that one out yet. It's a toughie. It is a toughie. Like the, you have just enough handhold that it feels like it should be easy, but I right. feel like you got to do some like wiggle that I haven't figured out. Of, like yeah. just some of those Use your angles. Knees. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's gotta the only way I can get it. it. We decided to go with Tetris down in uh, Columbus. So that's, oh, that's so awesome. when we built the the new one, we wanted the same idea of taking something you know that was sort of old and putting a twist on it and and it ultimately it's sort of the same thing it's you know solving a puzzle of sorts for sure and uh it's one of our more you know beginner or intermediate walls to climb down there which is which is cool it's a fun one 
That's a great segue. Uh, this is Play CLE, and then it's Play CBUS. Is that what we're calling the other one? It is. Yeah. And that's you guys on that. That's not a franchise out? That's correct. That's, that's us. us. And we'll, to me, it makes sense. You know, Cleveland, let's go with the other big city of, of staying in Ohio. And I mean, you said you're going back and forth every yep. other day, but so <laughs> you could actually reach it. But what made CBUS the, the kind of the destination of, was it just enough data that, that, that was missing in the market? Or what took you guys there for number two? You yeah. want to tackle any of it? Yeah. Sir? I mean, you know, it's a family affair. My mom actually, um, you know, drove by the building um, that we're currently in. It was an old Roadrunner North American distribution center. So, um, you know, she saw it and probably, what, two days later, you guys had a signed contract for lease. Yeah, nice. And we made it happen. This was, you know, back in late 2019. Is that right? Um, it signed it early 2019, yeah. yeah. And so it's something that's been in the works. Um, you know, Columbus is a booming market. Um, you'll see a lot of Cleveland businesses have moved to Columbus, you know, um, especially in the brewery um, area of things. And um, same with Cincinnati, you know, Cincinnati's moved up to Columbus as well. So um, we saw, you know, a great opportunity in the building itself. Um, and then, you know, also to double our space. We're at 25,000 square feet here. 53,000 square feet down in Columbus. That sounds huge. We had, uh, yeah, we, we'd, we'd cast a pretty wide net originally. So um, I, I think being the, I, I think being the guy who sort of leans into, you know, creating their own problems, um, I think it was probably day two that we were open here, like in late 2017. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, when's the next one? <laughs> like yep. my, my, my job was done. I, I got the doors open. I'm going to the next one. Right. I mean, it was, it was really fast that we started um, being interested right in the idea because we thought we thought there was a model there and you know, we thought there was something that we could repeat um, so we, we cast a pretty decent net and and started looking at a handful of marketplaces um, because <laughs> just saying we need one on the east side of Cleveland yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah absolutely and you know what's what's interesting I'll diverge a little bit on it what, what's interesting is like I um, what we were finding in the first, let's just say, you know, six months of, of being open here is that this was a destination environment. People were traveling from really far distances to come here. Mm -hmm. And and so so our thought process, at least at the time, was well we don't wanna we don't wanna just, you know, sit right into the same marketplace. We wanna start looking out before we then might you know, eventually come back and find, mm -hmm. you know, within Cleveland Market or, you right. know, maybe a second in Columbus. Um, so it really pushed us to kind of go outward. So we're looking at Columbus, we're looking at Cincinnati, we're looking at Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis. Right. And as, you know, as Megan said, one of the things that um, we've really liked the idea of is, is being able to find buildings like this and, and give them a new life and repurpose them and such. And, and so that limits your ability to, you know, uh, in mm -hmm. to some degree. Um, because ultimately it is, you know, it's the location and all the demographics. Um, and so it was sort of a race just to see which market was going to line up. I didn't, I didn't want to say like we were partial to Columbus by any means, but realistically, I mean, step. realistically, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a smart move for us because, you know, look, we have limited bandwidth. We have a, you know, we have a small staff. And so the ability to go back and forth and, and be present and on site was really helpful to do that there versus if we were in Indianapolis, for example. But it also checks every box. Like, I mean, it, it, it speaks to the demographic of the customer that we want. Mm -hmm. It is growing in ways that I only wish Cleveland could be growing. <laughs> right. um, it just, it has such an interesting mix of, 
of population and the way in which they are seeking out places like us, entertainment options, food options, um, in, in ways that only a handful of cities around the country are doing today. And it's a really fascinating market for us. It always just still went down. Oh no, I was, I was saying, I always joke with him when we're, you know, down in Columbus that it reminds me of Roller Coaster Tycoon. Have you ever played that on your, your computer back in the day? I mean, you see how old I am. Of course I played <laughs> Roller Coaster Tycoon. And where you would just drop, like, different restaurants or, like, right. that's how it feels in Columbus. Every single time I drive by, there's another apartment building. There's another business opening up. Right. It's, it's, it's truly booming, and, and we're lucky to be a part of the community. We're really excited. Yeah. Where in Columbus is it? We're in Worthington. So, so we're right sort of at the intersection of 71 and 23. Okay. And, I mean, again, be beautiful spot. Like, Worthington's an awesome community. It's minutes away from Ohio State. Um, great visibility off the highway. So, uh, yeah, we, we I, love I feel it. like that's kind of, a, to, to hear, like, again, we come out to Avon so infrequently. Like, luckily... I'm always the first exit right before this. I'm like, is it this one? No, I haven't seen the building. And then you go, you're like, oh, there's the there big building. Is. There it is. Is that kind of a, a strategic thing to kind of get the everybody that's going by to be like, what is Play C-Bus or Play CLE? Yeah, it is. It, it, it absolutely is. It, it sort of creates that little bit of mystery that you hope somebody's going to be like, I wonder what that is. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up. Um, and at the same time, I think it's something we haven't done uh, a good enough job yet to figure out how to how to maybe brand ourselves a little better. Mm -hmm. You know, we struggle with with, you know, if we were to put a couple more words out there, what would we call it that would give somebody an apt description? Right I don't away? think you do any words. This this is a, I don't want to take your job away from me, but <laughs> to me, especially from what I've heard of you guys are into repurposing, you're into local, you're into all of these things. I don't think you put any other words. I think you do some sort of badass mural on the side of the yeah. wall. You get a couple of local artists, a couple of good local painters to get up, yeah. you know, whether it's, you know, an Rubik's cube or, you know, anything get from in 30 here feet or, up and Get up there and you know then you have guys on harnesses advertising things they're going to do on harnesses but i, yep. I think um i really like the the term uh, what's it, it's not a term but what's the right name for it the in your logo the oh the carabiner, oh, the carabiner. carabiner. Yeah. never remember that word <laughs> it saves my life all the time i never remember the name of it like i really like how that kind of that, that's a little bit of symbolism tells a lot of the story of like yeah. oh we're going like if you've ever climbed anything i still don't know the word but like i know that means we're going to be climbing something there yeah, yeah. but I, I i think it's a plain building but so i mean something with you know you guys have the orange you have it's the blue color. that's your your main things kind of you have the stripes all over the place kind of just emulating what you guys are doing on the small scale and throwing that on the side of the building yeah i think would really go a long way yeah. for as somebody's driving by like oh not only is what is play CLE, but then you see a couple of people climbing on the wall. You're like, we should probably go get gas and check that out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love you that. Know, this is it, it's uh, this is another one of those areas where um, I didn't have enough respect early on. You know, like when we were planning this business. And again, I I, I I try to give myself a little bit of you know slacker. So it's like you know there were so many other things I think I was focused on that in some cases the aesthetic lacked as a result of it you know and there were certain pieces of it that were really important and put in place but some of the use of color and mm -hmm. the way that we've been able to then learn about it a little bit more um, it's starting to get reflected more on the inside mm -hmm. to your point now it's like how can we continue that outside and again put new life to this building that just looks like an old industrial right you know warehouse and maybe put some 
something unique to it. I think that's kind of the industry though. I mean, I, I could think of two rock gyms that I don't think I'd need a tetanus shot to go into. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know I mean, like it, it's especially like we live over in Euclid and they have, uh, what is it, Cleveland Rocks? Yep. Not only do I think that I'm going to break a tire going into the parking lot, I think my car's not going to be there when I'm coming out. And it's, it's, I feel like I need a tetanus shot when I'm inside it. It's, it's dark, it's dingy. Yeah. Like you guys do a great job of, you know, there's not many lights on now, but as soon as everything come, everybody starts coming in, the lights are on, it's clean, it's, it's, it's welcoming. Opposed to you're like, you know, Cleveland Rock Gym, you're like, yeah, those guys are here to, to, to climb and they don't care about any other aesthetics. But like, yeah. I, I think that's where you guys kind of, figured out like yes this is the activity but we need to make this into an experience and we need everybody to want to come here which you guys do a great job with that thank you yeah uh, yeah no th thank you very much i think the, the welcoming factor is huge right like anybody and everybody can do it and whether you're just watching and taking pictures like mom and grandma dad but also any type of weight shape body you know mm -hmm. we welcome everybody and and truly everybody can do it and and i think that's a huge piece and part of what we love each day you know and um to be able to have anybody and everybody to come yeah and, and be able to you know the, the welcoming part of putting that shining that light on there like not being afraid of you mm -hmm. know hey make it make it feel comfortable um you know the number of the number of parents that i've heard from over the years who just you talk about how much they can appreciate sort of sitting down in the dining area and being able to just know that they're you know they can eventually put eyes on their kids and they they feel comfortable about it because there's not dark corners there's not right. alleys it's not hidden behind something there's also only one door so you're not sneaking out with my kid yeah right yeah i don't know if that was intentional but like <laughs> to me as as a parent like i see that as yeah. like like you said, it's not Sky Zone where you're like, where the hell did everybody go? Yeah. Now it's you can sit right there. You literally, you know, you might have to scan a couple back and forth, ups and downs, because you guys are multi-tiered. But like, you're not getting out the door with a kid. You're not, you know, not able to find them. Or if you can't find them, if you take six steps, you can find just about anybody. Yep. As the as they're zip lining over your head in the right. The it was one of the challenges that we faced in in Columbus initially is that um, you know as Megan mentioned our, our our footprints double the size of this one and the way in which it's shaped out it's it's sort of like a T of mm -hmm. sorts and so there there were naturally some blind spots if you're in certain parts of it um, and you know admittedly one of the terms that I had learned about and I, I, I have a greater and greater appreciation for is understanding the use of negative space mm -hmm. and, and trying to keep or maintain a sense of openness um, was really key in our design process down there to sort of say, hey, I, I know I may create or have these blind spots that are naturally there for the building, but how can I then try to make it feel as if it's not there or it's reduced as much as possible so that the parent at any point in their building knows that there's one entrance and exit and they can generally sort of you know 95% of the time have eyes on their kids at any possible moment Absolutely. without taking more than one step for sure yeah um, I want to get into some bacon stuff cool love it you did way more talking than, than we agreed to so we'll, shocker we'll, we'll, we'll let it go over here um, so what got you into marketing was it always marketing or was it just this opportunity came up and you're like I could do that so I mean I graduated co or college and um, had a couple internships with a digital agency. So I was in the agency world for the past five years. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, we were sitting at a Whole Foods and I kept telling you, I was like, I can do the marketing better. 
I can do the marketing better. And I was like, I'll show you. And so after probably a year of you pest of me pestering him, um, he offered me to come on full time. And that was, you know, two years into the business. And, um, you know, I've loved working here every single day. And it's it's been ups and downs and craziness. And I'm I always say that I'm the chicken with my head cut off, running in between each of the locations in the building. Right. Um, you know, I'm always keeping busy, but and I've always enjoyed marketing and, and coming up with new ideas. Even growing up, he and I would come up with different things all the time in the car rides mm -hmm. to sports, and um, you know, wherever we were, we would come up with something new and different. Gotcha. What she didn't fully say, <laughs> if if it's not obvious, is that. We are related. Yes. I just figured. I just, I just figured it out. Yeah. So, like, yep. my next question was going to be like, well, how? Why are you guys at Whole Foods together? Like, where's yep. the relationship here? And then yes. enough of that. I was like, car rides, brother, sister, father, daughter, father, daughter. daughter. Yeah. There we go. So, my man, you're killing it. You're looking like way younger than. You well, be. look, if you know, if I have to put, you know, a step, like to be an entrepreneur, a, if, I have, all if I have to say I'm the stepfather, that's the <laughs> true and accurate term. Right. But uh, we what have, better thing to bring my stepdaughter to that, right? A hundred percent, right? We uh, we have been together for. I mean, <laughs> since but I was six. We first <laughs> met before my wife and I first met. Really, we met because Soccer? of Megan. No, she was just this kid who was home from school one day walking around an office <laughs> and ended up in mine and we weren't living in cleveland at the time but um uh yeah she was she was she was with her mom that's awesome you know on a snowy day or what i, I don't think it was snowing i don't yeah, know why you were I, know. I still don't we, yeah uh, who knows with the university but right up, she, <laughs> that's all. yeah this little kid just wandered into my office one day and i returned her back to sender <laughs> um, so but and that you know that really was one of the hardest things of you know megan coming on board the reason it took a year uh, probably for us to get through it is um, I've worked with my dad I, I've been part of the, the you know that sort of dynamic and it's tough it's challenging it's really challenging right um, I didn't want us to go through things I've seen through other people and even on you know my end at times um, and so we we really took our time to sort of figure out what's the best thing and to the credit of uh, somebody off camera our, our chief operating officer he was the one who said look there's nobody who knows more about this business is passionate about it and and has the skill level that's going to like take us to the to the next step and yeah, he's here generally right. <laughs> here I am, two years later. I'm still on board and haven't got fired know, yet. Haven't you guys not yet. Get along. <laughs> yep. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, we still bicker. Yeah. Well, I was going to say no. I actually had to fire her. <laughs> yes. Talk about the interesting family dynamic. Dynamic, yeah. That's a great story. Let's get into that. Why'd you get fired? Well, I, our whole entire staff got furloughed. Um, you know, when the the state, state shut, shut down, down um, we had to make hard decisions. And I was next to him, just bawling my eyes out, being like, I'm getting fired. I've never <laughs> been fired before. I think I'm still doing a good job. Am I not doing a good job? And it had nothing to do with that. It was just hard business decisions that we had to make. And, um, you know, unfortunately, it, it, you know, affected me. And But I'm back. It affected <laughs> me, too. We were supposed to be doing this a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, it, isn't it that is, kind of crazy? It has been crazy. a wild ride yeah. in the last... 12 plus months. Um, of that wild ride, one of the most important questions I was supposed to ask was, yeah. <laughs> how have you guys managed keeping up, I mean, it's to me as a small business marketer, I mean, like, you're, you're in one business, you got this every day. Me, I've got my hands in 18 different pots. So, most of my clients were small businesses, authors, musicians, 
these people musicians I feel the worst for like they're already struggling they're already making a product that's so hard to sell their only real money was to get shows and they're like you mean Can't a year, year or more with no shows yeah. so kind of walk me through whichever one of you guys want to handle this kind of how did you guys roll with all the punches how are you guys making sure that everything's clean people are being safe and all those fun things yeah so I mean at the beginning nobody knew what to do right mm -hmm. um, we've always had safety and cleanliness as our number one priority um, we were closed on Mondays typically to be able to do that to do deep cleaning do maintenance um, so that's always been a part of our process and making sure to incorporate that we know there's a lot of people coming in and out of the doors we want to make sure that it's clean and mm -hmm. there isn't icky stuff on the floor icky stuff on the walls um, so when, you don't want people to climb and be like, yeah, I can't move my left hand because I want to stuff like that. Yep. And so, you know, that was always something that we kept in mind. Um, so making the transition to, you know, our pandemic world that we're living in um, was very easy. Um, truthfully, we had stronger cleaning supplies and maybe a couple extra spray bottles, but we were equipped for this and we were ready and, um, you know, we felt confident having people in the door and that we could do it in a safe manner. How are you guys cleaning the top stuff? You got somebody on a, on a carabiner kind of just climbing up there and with a rag and a, and a mop? Or? Yeah. And a sprayer too. So, yeah. um, you know, if you've ever bought in like a uh, weed spray, yeah. you know, and you've got that little device that you pump and then pump you spray it. I call it our Ghostbusters purse because that's what it a, looks like. We've got a <laughs> similar, similar like device with, you know, cleaning agents in it. Yeah. Awesome. And they have it strapped onto their back harnessed in and, down, yep. and they spray in and then they wipe down and again that was something that you know we've been doing for years Since day one probably. so megan was right on that like that the cleaning side of it wasn't the challenge for us mm -hmm. you know it's just um, kind of seeing when when and how you're able to operate and it that yeah. i mean that you know we were forced shut down for the period of time and then when we could open you know it was mid last summer um it was you know we were still in an environment then mm -hmm. where people weren't sure what you know not only the the social distancing side of it but they thought that any surface that you touched right. you know was still suspect and such um it was really hard i mean it, it was brutal on us but you're right like there are, you know for every example of businesses that have done some surprisingly well in the pandemic i think about us and i think about people like musicians who are infinitely right. worse off too so we've been fortunate that you know somehow you know, we lost 90% of our business last year on a year-over-year -year basis. That's a brutal gut kick. And I'm imagining before that year, you guys kind of kept making that stairs up, yeah. upwards, right? Yeah, yeah. We, were, we, were seeing, we were seeing improvement. I mean, and, and you know, I think, again, looking back on it, the, the thing that, that helped, if, if, if I want to use that word a bit cautiously, um, we were already under construction in Columbus. And so we had to sort of charge forward a little bit because that we had delays and it had stops, but we still had a sort of point that we knew that was the direction we go. And so Cleveland became just a, a waiting game and, and finding new ways in which to host private events in, in ways we weren't necessarily doing before and make it about small intimate gatherings that really it had nothing to do with money. That what was coming in from that was nothing in comparison to at least trying to keep an engagement and a connection with you know our with our guests and that community absolutely yeah what was that like being being i mean both of you guys i mean you're, you're both you know top seat people to have 
the whole state, the whole country shut down. Meanwhile, I mean, I could only imagine how many millions of dollars you guys have invested into each one of these <laughs> to be like, what do we do? And A, how, a what do we do? B, how do we find a contractor right now to keep doing work and all those, like, what did you guys do to kind of manage that stress? Just keep pushing or? Just keep pushing. That's yeah. The, I think that's the best that anybody could do. Just yeah. one day at a time and see what you could do that day, right? So we, um, you know, we, we closed down on March 15th. Okay. Um, we, uh, I, 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 I remember that sequence of that weekend. It was Friday, March thirteenth, and and it was it was pending. Like everybody sort of felt that there was going to be an announcement from the state coming on. And I remember being at the the bar, actually sitting with uh, a couple talking, and and we just we knew it was happening. And then that next day, Saturday, it was like a ghost town in here. Yep. And, and it was that day that I made the decision that I was going to have to call everybody in Sunday morning and say, like, we're shutting down. Mm-hmm. And that was brutal. I mean, it was just, it was gut-wrenching. And that's why, I mean, I, we can sort of laugh about it. Like, like, I don't know, I've never met the people that talk about, like, firing people as if it's an easy thing to do. Right. I, it weighs on me. Um, because I like seeing people succeed and um, it was hard letting our staff go and it was equally hard when that's also you know your kid right. as well and I remember the next day and so now it's Monday after we do it I had driven down to Columbus just because I knew nobody was there I needed a day just to scream and yell and sort of figure my stuff out and I took a day and did it in an empty warehouse. <laughs> what, what better therapy than owning warehouses? Right. I, I, I had this empty space that was under construction, and I honestly, I walked it, I, I sat there, I screamed, nobody else was there, and halfway through, I was like, okay, like, we'll figure it out. Tomorrow's another day. Yep. Let's go. That's awesome. And, and, you know, it was, it was extremely hard to get, not only to, to you know, get the manage construction crews and trying to get people to come in and dealing with all the delays there but then also managing the emotional toll of trying to stay connected with our employees and trying to talk about ways to stay connected with our guests mm-hmm. you know that we're here and what are you hearing you know if you look back on it we all thought ah this might be a few weeks and yeah. a few weeks maybe it was going to be maybe months. the beginning of the yeah. summer or something yeah. yeah and and just the 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 constant you know push you know forward and back and and boy, it was something. <laughs> I had a full head of hair back then. I, I, I did too. <laughs> well, and we even moved um, a climbing wall in Columbus to be able to be socially distant. So we took okay. a climbing wall out of the ground and moved it so that way we could make sure that, you know, we were accommodating the guests to open during a pandemic. Right. Yeah. Kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I want to wind it down. Um, this place is for everybody. Um, is there is there a target demographic, or is it just everybody? Everybody. I mean, of course, we talk about target demographics as a digital marketer. Right. I mean, you know, obviously, I, I try to make personas and, you know, here are the top three people that we would ideally want to be in here, but it's for everyone. Right. And, you know, I think what sets us apart is that spectators are free. So if mom or grandma or, you know, whoever doesn't want to participate, they're still able to participate right. and be able to enjoy the experience, you know, taking pictures and, and those kinds of things. We were, uh, we were actually talking about this yesterday, so it's, it's timely in the way you ask. And, um, we were talking about a, a customer of ours in Columbus, and she's not unique in, in, 
and there or you know here. Um, she she originally found us and booked a team event for the company that she works for. And so they had an all-day retreat with us. Uh, it was a group of about 40 of them. She bought a gift card first. She bought a gift. We she bought a open. gift card first before yeah. we were open. She has a team event <laughs> for the company that she's a part of. Shortly after that, she was out for her son's birthday party. Shortly after that, she brought um, another son's youth hockey team, and she's actually coming in tomorrow night with a group of friends for one of the Mother's Day events that we're having. And if that doesn't speak to who our customer is, because you know this particular woman, like a lot of other people, how many other places can you find that could take all facets of your sort of personal and your professional life and find a way to intersect it into one business? And I think that's that's really what's unique about play, and it's why it's it's sort of for everybody, mm-hmm. because age, sex, whatever, it, it's it's an environment that everybody can find a way to to make it their own. I'm glad that you mentioned that type of customer because again, my marketer brain goes off. You know, especially as we got this this conversation going and stuff. And to me, I think the number one person to target is the head of a PTA. Like if you could find a way just to start sending like muffins or those giant ass pretzels to PTAs, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, does that person like? A lot of people look at you know like this the digital influencer that you know I mean that's fun here. You guys, this perfect the way you have CLE on, and there's a reason we're doing the yeah. podcast right in front of it. You know, every time we've come here, somebody's the letters. taking the photos on it. But to have that person that's kind of like that that decision maker of the community of. Why don't we get the kids to come here? Why don't we get the sports teams to come here? You, you make one or two friends like that, and I think everything kind of just organically just booms. That's right. You know, look, as consumers, right, as people, like, we're complex. We're unique. Right. Right? We, we have hobbies. You have groups of friends that you do this with. You have coworkers that maybe you hang with them after, you know, uh, work occasionally, or at least you used to. Right. Or maybe you don't, you know, and, and, and you, you, know, you wish you would, or your bosses wish you would at times. And you have, you know, you have your family, and you have all these different ways that you intersect in your life. And being able to find a place like us where you know that you can sort of pull on those threads when it's appropriate, mm-hmm. um, that's pretty gratifying for us. It's pretty Absolutely. neat to be able to see and be able to talk about, you know, that that type of a guest being able to see the value of of us being a part of the things that they do. It's the experience. For sure, you guys definitely nailed the experience. Um, <laughs> the last experience thing I want to talk about is we have food over there. I've mentioned the pretzels a hundred times just because they're again that's that experience though of you won't believe this pretzel we had or mm-hmm. you know the chicken fingers or whatever. Yeah. Lily did say you got to check up your, your chicken <laughs> finger game though. Uh-oh. Oh, okay, no. we got to talk more about this then. We will. We'll, we'll, we'll get okay, the nitty gritty off the camera. Yes. So when you're when you're having a place that's for everybody, I mean you're selling alcohol over there, you're selling pop, you're selling food. How did you, you said that you had a brewery background, but how did you guys kind of determine what menu would kind of fit for what you're doing here and also the people that were coming here? Yeah. Go for it. I mean, it started off as one thing and has evolved and adapted based on, you know, what we also go back into the, the kitchen and create new things all the time. We just made Korean corn dogs the other day. Korean you know, with, corn dogs. With 
and then we I beer battered them. I don't but you have my attention yeah, already. Yeah, right? We will talk. Something different. <laughs> um, we added corn fritters recently, um, which was a hit down in Columbus, and we added it, you know, here in Cleveland. Um, I mean, we narrowed down our menu based on, you know, what we want to make sure to incorporate, making sure that there's gluten-free items, vegan items, vegetarian items. And so that there's something, again, for everybody and right. um, to fit their needs and wants. We also, uh, you know, fall into the shareables type deal. That's what we like to have because we ha having um, a social, you know, environment and making sure that there's something that you could all share, have a couple different shareables and apps. You know, um, when we were starting it up, um, having the idea of a kitchen, it was, it was more of a want than like a need at mm -hmm. first and and saw the desire and it was just the sort of the self-professed foodie side of me that wanted to do it. Um, but it was also about elevating the game. Most businesses that had any semblance of this, it was concession-like. You got you a know? hot dog, you have pizza, and that's Slushy. about it. That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and again, I, I, I think we tried to talk as much about the spectator or the person who's taken a break as it was about the equipment. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why would you give them crap? Right. Food, you know? And, and so it was about how do you put a menu together um, that is on par with just a casual, comfortable restaurant you'd go out to as mm -hmm. well? Why can't you make it sort of a one-stop destination? And, mm -hmm. and so we're continually trying to do that. And when we can put fun little twists and spins on it, um, we do because Absolutely. because it's not the main driver for us. We can we can afford ourselves the ability to have fun and test stuff a little bit. Yeah. Do you guys have anybody that just comes in to eat? Absolutely. Yeah. On Fridays we have free trivia, so okay. um, we do see you know most of the time it's people bringing their kids right. and they're coming in there, but they're not participating. But I mean we do have regulars that come on Fridays for trivia, yeah. and they eat and drink. Nice. Yeah, I, look, I would, I would, hands down, tell anybody that, you know, the food that we put out is is on par with any other place you're going to go to. I'm For sure, you know, they're a really good restaurant. <laughs> but you know, but anywhere you, in the area, I mean, anywhere in the area. For sure, our Absolutely. chef puts out great food. I mean, we we put care into it. It is it is a is an important fabric of the business. Absolutely. Yeah. So I liked this place before I came here, and I like it even more now that I've got to actually get to know you guys a little bit and hear the behind the stories. But how I, we're going to switch this up a little bit. I always end every interview kind of, as you mentioned how you stole a little bit from Sean Evans. Yeah. I always give everybody that digital soapbox at the end of this. Whether you, got, you want to take it, you want to take it. I'm going to adjust the camera just a little bit. You get a minute just to end the way, however you want to end the interview. If, if you want to say promotional, you want to tell people why they want to come here, you just want to yeah. be like, let's go get a pretzel, whatever you want to do. <laughs> Floor is all yours. Oh, this is this is the marketer's oh, dream. Oh man, okay. I, 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 I love being able to put you on the spot for this. I know. <laughs> all right. Whenever you are ready. All right. If you're looking for the best place to have fun and fitness meet, come to play. Um, we have a place for everybody. Um, we've got events coming up. We've got our wine dine and zip line event coming up tomorrow and um, hopefully we'll be able to make that a regular thing, maybe monthly. Um, come out to play CLE and play CBUS soon. Awesome.